Oh hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation, episode number 64. Shut the door. The door is open. If you want me to, I can. Um, we're here. Episode 64. We're back. If you notice, this is Joe. Absent last episode. I was doing a little bit of a presentation type deal. It's tying up a lot of my time. Thank you for Nick and guest co-host Jen. Really coming in clutch. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. Good job. Good job. And we've also Appreciate got you. somebody else here, too. Yeah, Owen. Oh, yeah. Baby. <laughs> and Elsie. And Elsie. And then, as usual, we've got the old standby. Nikki D. Nikki D. I don't think it's standby. Reporting I think it's for like duty. Standard or... I don't think it's standby. Is it not? No, standby is like you're kind of like um, waiting on the wings to go in. You're standby. I, now I want to know because I've been saying this wrong forever. I don't think it's standby. Yeah, what well, do you think, Ellen? We'll do a little bit of Googling. Something you have had or used for a long time, or a habit. Uh, okay. All of those are Nick. I'm, all of those describe Nick. So about that. They're, they're addicted to me. They can't get rid of me. I'm addicted. You know, it's funny. Actually, um, I was listening to, you know, Spotify had a random playlist going the other day, and then this artist came up, and his name was Nick D. Oh, yeah. Yo. Without DJ the K. Nick just yeah, N-I-C-D. But he's like a rapper. Nick D. I used to be known as DJ Duncan back in the day. Oh, Mostly that's I would, good. Curate the music for <laughs> gatherings. <laughs> Had your your you know little scratch tables and your. Nick's irregular. Irregular. I'm I'm irregular. <laughs> Nick's irregular. I mean, no, I'll I don't have know you what your habits not talk are, about Nick. my incontinence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean to bring that up on air, but yeah. Goodness! Now that we've gone thoroughly derailed, <laughs> we're back. We're here. Episode number sixty-four. Like we said, uh, it's getting close to Oktoberfest time. Oh, Actually, yeah. when this is released, it'll be very close to Oktoberfest time. Yeah, we're on the cusp of all the local the events cusp. happening. And with that in mind, we've got a festively themed beer here. We have Fiddler Fest beer from Tidal Creek Brew House which is in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Lauren and I recently took a quick trip down there. I uh, stopped by this brewery, one of our favorites in the area. They have good food, too. And we just happened to stumble upon it being free pretzel hour. So we got oh, free yeah, really pretzel, and it was magnifique. Mm. It's yeah, delicious. It's pretty tasty. Let's go ahead and crack this open. Ooh, mm. Cracking of a beer. I'd say probably that um, brewery is... My favorite out of uh, Myrtle Beach area. I like New South as well, um, but they're just hours are tricky. Yeah, it's tough to get there. They're open until what, like 6 p.m. or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> 1 to 6 p.m. a few days a week. Almost as limited as Duck Rabbit's hours. <laughs> but Duck Rabbit's not as much of a taproom ish kind of a thing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, we got the beer. I can already smell the lagery goodness. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yum. This would go great with the pretzel. Fiddler Fest beer, German-style lager, coming in at 6.4% alcohol by volume. And this is a yearly release. And I'm trying to see if there's any more information they've gotten here. No, just information about the brewery. What do you we, think? We hadn't had this previously, right? 
I had it there when we went the other day. No, I mean like prior to this year. No, have not. So it was like an annual release. It'd be interesting to get it also next year and mm-hmm. see about take notes. <laughs> Let's age this lager. <laughs> well, age a fest beer. <laughs> yes, yes mm-hmm. pretty good. Interesting. One of my first notes about this is it kind of finishes dry, mm-hmm. um, which it's not really unheard of for a a lagery beer, but it has a really nice clean malt bill. Nothing overly sweet or overly characteristic about it. I guess it's bready. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it has a nice dry finish, which makes you just want to dive in for mm-hmm. another drink. It is like a little biscuity crackery uh, in a good way. Little toasted notes, buttery biscuit, buttery biscuit. I don't get any buttery biscuits. <laughs> oh, it's buttery. No. <laughs> no, something's wrong. Buttery flaky crust. Is that buttery, what you're talking about? Yeah, buttery, I always forget what it's supposed to buttery be. Buttery crisp, <laughs> crispity buttery crunch. <laughs> No, it's this. All right, then Run. you do it. And then she doesn't. She gets it wrong, and he looks so happy. Oh, wow. If you haven't, women never get things wrong. Yeah, if you if you don't know what we're talking about, there's a great video of like they're shooting like a promo for a local like restaurant, and they've got like these old people there, and the the old guy's supposed to say like buttery flaky crust or something like that, but he keeps messing it up over and over again. It's very wholesome humor. Yeah, baked in a buttery flaky crust outtakes or bloopers if you look that up yeah yeah. classic (laughs) yeah but like you said this does finish dry Uh, it's also like it's pretty sweet though when you first taste it like that malt really comes through a little bit of a bitterness that's nicely complementing that sweetness i think and then it does finish on the drier side yeah you know we we did an episode i think maybe last year about the nuances between a fest beer and a mertzen which are two of the most popular Mm -hmm. oktoberfest brews um and that does seem to be a trend with the Fest beer being maybe a little bit drier. Uh, you get, yeah, you mentioned kind of like a toasty, like a crackery kind mm-hmm. of, um, maybe like a crusty, like a bread crust kind of flavor too. Crusty. <laughs> it's got mm, a crusty. It's real crusty, <laughs> crusty beer. Crusty mouthfeel. So crusty. Mm, just crusty. Mm. But I'd say pretty good. Solid choice. Mm-hmm. It's quite tasty. We should do like a... Mertzen or Fespier Throwdown episode. Oh, yeah. Where we get a bunch of popular yes. ones from North Carolina or just around and then just taste them. We can do like a blind tasting and rate them. Yeah, like the Hazy's episode. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty fun. That was pretty cool. I like that. But speaking of Oktoberfest, coming up next weekend, actually, we're going we're gonna to be going to our slapping on our layer hosen and going to our local Oktoberfest at Local Oak and Naughty Dog as well. Mm-hmm. Just down the street from each other. Yep. Easy to pop into two in the same day. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's always a good time. Local Oak's got that great beer garden style area. When Naughty Dog, actually, their outdoor area, last time I'd gone, it was pretty revamped with mm-hmm. a bunch of like nice awnings and turf and coverage stuff. So yeah. looking forward to that. That'll be cool. Yeah, they both do a lot of good activities and games and things like that. Have some good food trucks. Uh, ben is doing another cask again this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be a Kolsch or a Fest beer, whatever he's got cooking, but... Yeah. Get looking him. at weather next weekend, looks like the high is 79, so it'll be nice. Perfect oh. for some leather pants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, the Durndal provides a lot of breathing, so um, yeah. I don't get as hot as... Yeah, somebody. Your, your Lederhosen. Lederhosen. But yeah, I hope my Lederhosen still fit. Been packing on the pounds here. Yeah. I blame it on the, you know, pregnancy weight. 
Okay. But I, I don't really have an excuse. Alrighty. <laughs> Were you just sympathy eating with me? Yes. And plus. <laughs> sympathy eating. And beyond. Yeah, yeah. I might have to go back to my, my lighter ones. Mm. They're, they're like the, I refer to them as the costume grade Leerhausen. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they're not leather, so they're more breathable. The only problem is they're so cheap that the pockets ripped, ripped out, out. Like yeah. the second day of warm. So I might be able to finagle some, some custom pockets and just kind of sew them up. Because it is nice to have those. Uh, I mean, carry a phone and wallet and all that. Yeah, pockets are cool. But uh, yeah, pockets are great. Just get Jen to carry all of your stuff. Yeah, that's true. There you go. Yeah, she's got pockets in her dirndl. I'm pretty sure. There you go. See. Yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> Gosh. I'll Jen, have a diaper Jen, hold bag my with purse. me. <laughs> you can just throw everything in the diaper bag. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We've got are a little you, uh, and Monze for Mr. Owen. Yeah. Did you, are you getting one What's for that? A German we accent. have one. <laughs> um, yeah, nice. Joe's mo- mom actually oh, nice. brought us some. Yeah, she did. Uh, little there. pants and a little shirt. A little pants. Yeah. It's quite funny. Um, Baby's first Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah. Looking forward fun. to it. It'll be cool. Yeah, we got that next weekend. And towards the end of the month, there's an event at Tapped here in Greenville. There's oh, one yeah, at- I forgot about that. Uptown's having their Oktoberfest. Pitt Street's having an event. I think those are around the last weekend. Uh, and then Casita Brewing Company, who just celebrated their third anniversary, uh, third anniversary at their physical mm-hmm. location. They've been brewing longer than that, but kind of sourcing through other, uh, kind of partnering, partnering, collab- collaborating with other breweries to produce their brews until they got their setup in Wilson. Yeah. But um, they're having one in like, mid-october i think it's the second or third weekend yeah but. just a quick aside on uptown they kind of they kind of got some uh you know shafted here by the city changing the name so in greenville north carolina for for the longest time their little like downtown area was always uptown uptown greenville yeah and they wanted to be like oh because you're going up to i don't know what the, the thing was for it yeah but so everything is like uptown this uptown that and then uptown brewing which is right in the middle of the uptown area just like as of a month or so ago they're now changing it down to downtown greenville for all the marketing stuff oh really (laughs) i didn't hear that actually so there's like instagram accounts of it's all downtown so poor uptown is going to be the uptown brewing in downtown Downtown. greenville (laughs) that's unfortunate well too i i don't think it was that long ago that it was previously referred to as downtown and then they made the change to make it have a different connotation and yeah. we're going uptown yeah so it hasn't been like referred to as uptown for very long anyway okay. for them to revert back to downtown it just seems interesting to me and but. it took me a while to get used to saying that because yeah. everywhere i've been it's the oh downtown. you're going downtown or the downtown mm-hmm. district and to say uptown which geographically makes sense because it's you know you go yeah. north in the city to get to get <laughs> to that area but oh that's a shame i know just bad bad timing oh, now, and now stuff. it's a funny story <laughs> yeah i know right yeah exactly but uh yeah some wonder fun events coming up change their name to downtown brewing downtown brewing i wonder that would be a huge ordeal oh um, yeah probably probably around town brewing but uh so got those coming up uh some other interesting beer news that we were going to bring in to discuss uh we've talked a couple times about the events with anchor brewing yeah in california they you know, we're going to cease national distribution and only distribute in California. And then they ultimately decided they were going to close permanently and just shut down all operations earlier this summer. And they're owned by Sapporo, but right now there is an effort from the employees who unionized in 2019. Uh, the Anchor Brewing employees wanted to start a 
a crowdfunding or a GoFundMe campaign to raise money to try to buy the brewery and they were going to run it as a co-op. Yeah. And so that initiative is underway. It's pretty recent news, uh, which is kind of interesting because again, they're, they're owned by Sapporo, but I think with the plan to shut down, they were going to essentially liquidate and just sell assets to whomever. Uh, so there wasn't really a plan at the time to sell the entire brewery and all of the assets to kind of keep it alive. But the employees are making a, a fight to try to keep Anchor alive and continue the uh, the legacy that they yeah. had for over 100 years. So we'll see, years. see if that works out. It's They're, they're up to like 85,000 in donations. Plus, we read some uh, local breweries are doing like fundraiser ales mm-hmm. called the Solidarity Ale. And it's proceeds are going towards that campaign um i don't know if it'll be enough to convince the uh the i guess the capitalists that own the assets if they're going to be able to you know pitch enough money to buy everything back yeah uh, yeah i'd be curious you know that eighty-five thousand, you know because their original goal on the crowdfunding was fifty thousand, right that just seems like a low number for a brewery to purchase unless there's something you know, I guess I don't understand the whole business aspect of the sale and that stuff, but that just doesn't seem like very much. No. Yeah. And I think that's, it's a nice story and it's like, it's a cool initiative at the employees um, who, again, so that, you know, they unionize and I think that's a pretty tight knit group and it seems like they really do want to continue, uh, continue Anchor's legacy, but you know, it may just be kind of a, a heartfelt story that may not end the way we want it to. I think we'd all be happy seeing them hold on to the name and the yeah the company and, and kind of revitalize it. But again, you know, it's there's a lot of financial implications on this sale here, and so the the people that are managing that uh, they're probably not going to be swayed by uh, you know a nice story <laughs> necessarily. It's more about the money, unfortunately. Yeah, especially so. a big corporation like that. So we'll see. Well, I guess we shall see what will happen with yeah. Anchor. But something to keep an eye on for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Lauren, did you finish your beer over there? Did you enjoy it? Uh yeah. Oh yeah, you I did. You finished, finished it. <laughs> Lauren's over here trying to keep the baby the, um, entertained. Enjoying part. Oh, yeah. you're enjoying part. Mm-hmm. Should we crack open the other one we got here yeah. before we jump into the main topic of the day? I think so. We just alluded to this. Uh, Casita Brewing Company just had their three-year anniversary at their Wilson, North Carolina location. So. We had a little little get together this weekend, and uh, Jen and I actually stopped by there, had a free few brews, listened to some live music, and chatted with some of the staff members. And on the way out, we took a four pack to go home, and here we have three years in Wilson, which was their anniversary beer. It's a tangerine wheat ale, and it is 5.3% ABV, made with Pilsner malt, flaked wheat, malted wheat, and tangerine. And uh, on the can, it says, thank you for another fun-filled year in historic downtown Wilson. So really cool can art, actually. It brings in a lot of history of Wilson and Casita in general. They have uh, some dancing. They have some, like, microphones because they do a lot of music events. Um, they have the Back to the Future car on there, which is kind of funny. But they have a disc golf basket. They're actually really big into hosting, like, putting league nights at the brewery. Um, they have cornhole uh they have some breast cancer awareness ribbons on there. It's a, yeah, there's a lot going on there. It yeah. reminds me of like one of those like it's a little collage. I spy books. You remember those? Yeah, it is, yeah. Bowling's on Where's there. Waldo? 
Oh, hers um, well. <laughs> yeah, they have like a, a little crest here. It's like North Carolina flag. It's got uh, the Casita logo on there. Uh, food trucks, you know, a lot of things that just scream Wilson. It also you know, has their history. I thought you were uh, going to stop there. A lot of things that just scream. A lot of things that scream. Well, there was a chicken <laughs> blowing fire. Think, is that like a first we feast thing maybe or like a hot sauce? They did actually yeah, do. Yeah, they did do yeah, that. So, they did like yeah. a hot sauce thing or like a, a wing challenge. But um, yeah, really cool. So let's go ahead and get this thing cracked. The uh, Three Years in Wilson Tangerine Weed Ale. Just sprayed that all over my neck. <laughs> Tangerine wheat. And Jen actually had this. Do you this. burp cloth, Nick? <laughs> yeah. Owen, can I borrow that? Beautiful. Yeah, Jen, Jen had this nice yesterday at the brewery, and it was... I had a little taste. It was pretty good, but I'm really excited to try an actual uh, pour here. Nice little hazy little wheat ale. Nice unfiltered wheat Wheat. Nice foam. Yeah. Ooh, it looks pretty. Yeah, definitely a little bit of haze to it. Got a nice frothy white head there. Frothy. Gonna leave a little milk mustache. No mustache. Mm. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, very smooth. Not overly citrusy, but just enough of that yeah. tangerine kick in there. Yeah, overall, I mean, it's very balanced. It's a nice wheat ale. Yeah, and I'm not someone who, like, particularly cares for wheat. Mm. Um, but, like, yesterday, what did I have at Edit? It was a blueberry wheat, and mm. I really enjoyed that, and I enjoy this. Maybe yeah. my taste buds are evolving. You're changing. I'm changing. It's like the Pokemon Game Boy games. What? Lauren is evolving. <laughs> I'm evolving. She's going to turn into a haze bro. Yeah. <laughs> She's a bro. Um Yeah, I, I think, because we talked about that, Lauren, you, you said it's kind of some of the wheat styles that have like that banana and clove flavor. It's mm-hmm. not really your favorite. I think this is a nice yeah, the American wheat ale that just has the the wheat presence in the malt, but then it also lets some other aspects shine and doesn't play heavily into the, the phenols that yeah. you see in the, you know, the hefts and everything like that. Yeah, and it's not like overwhelmingly tangerine either. Like you said, it's just a nice little citrus splash. It's not splash. Not like overwhelmingly orange juicy or anything like that. Yeah, Pretty really good. nice. Really refreshing. Good way to wrap up three years, you know. Yeah. Celebrate with that. a nice, mild, just kickback beer. Kickback, yeah. Hopefully, uh hopefully many, many more years down there. Yeah, very cool. Well, speaking of going to breweries, yesterday and I, uh, Lauren and I went out to Raleigh, hit up several breweries there, and and uh, we got thinking about you know topics to talk about, and this is not off of any of the experiences we just had. <laughs> yeah, should preface that. Yeah, but no, it's actually because I stumbled across a uh, article that was from Vine Pair, which was based off of a Reddit post. So we're yeah. getting really like deep in the weeds here. Which was based off of a uh, tweet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh talking about red flags at breweries you know you might be going out doing some brewery hopping or something and you run into one where you're like hang on oh this is not a good sign just talking about some of those things and some very interesting points they had in some of the things that you tend to think about when you when you go mm-hmm. to a brewery so i don't know what, what do you guys think are those red flags for you yeah there i mean and that's the thing i think there's some subject subjectiveness to that of course, like everyone's going to feel a little different about preferences, but 
Yeah, they kind of picked out in this article five of uh, the most like upvoted comments, I think, on Reddit. Yeah. Um, one of them, I think that we can kind of run through those five and then kind of maybe go into our our own personal thoughts. But this one I, I tend to agree with. They they mentioned first, um, if a brewery uses dirty glasses or they reuse a glass that you yeah. had just had a beer uh, beer in and they just you know rinse it or even not rinse it and fill it with something else. Dirty glass for sure is a... That's a tricky one because, you know, we notice those things, I think. I oh, may, yeah. I may wouldn't have in the past, but now that I know why bubbles stick to the side of a glass, I'm a little more hyper aware. It is a little yeah. disturbing when you get a glass and it's just all bubbles yeah. over. So there's a lot of flavor crystals all over there. If it's a little bit, I'm not too worried. But yeah, if it's like the whole side of the glass has got those little... Filthy glass. Yeah. That one is a, that one's definitely a tough one for me, but... Um, the reusing glass, I don't think I've encountered that yeah. too much. Um, I'm trying to think back to experiences when I have maybe once or twice, but nowhere around here. They're pretty good about like, you know, just throw it in the dishwasher. Yeah. And those commercial dishwashers run in like 90 seconds or something like oh, that. So it's like it insanely fast. Super sanitized. Cause even the place that I would think could potentially, or like the Emporium style, which is not a brewery, oh, yeah. but it's like a pour your own. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, someone may think, Oh, I can go up there and just reuse my glass. And like, they say, Obviously, don't do that. Yeah, and there's yeah. signs and stuff to say, yeah. don't use a new glass. And they make sure they keep the glassware, like, well-stocked. Mm-hmm. And it's always pretty clean there, too. I don't think I've ever really had a glass that have been, like, that's mm-hmm. super dirty. Yeah. I and like I how think, they have the glass rinsers. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They, they have that. I think they've done a, uh, a nice job setting you up for success having a nice, clean glass there. Yeah. Um, and that's especially important when you're in control of, like, your pour. But, yeah, if you're going to a brewery and they're, you know, not using clean glasses or... You know, not sanitizing them yeah. correctly, getting that uh, nice steam sanitation, then it's a little bit alarming, but... Well, it just sets the tone, you know, like, if they can't yeah. bother to clean their glasses, how are they going to bother to, like, clean the other stuff? That's like, true. the tap lines and their, you know, yeah. are they going to make sure their beer is great? You know, every once in a while, you do have, like, a one-off glass that's, like, got a little patch or something on it, yeah. but... Because uh, I feel like it has to be pretty egregiously dirty to have a noticeable uh, appearance to where you see those bubbles on the glass. Um, Cause even at home, like your home dishwasher does a pretty decent job cleaning a glass, but you might have a little speck here and there. That yeah. But it's not some, like the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, you mentioned, yeah, the, the reusing a glass. I just don't think I've personally experienced that maybe at like a dive bar back in college, but at a brewery, I've not seen that. So no. I don't know how common that is. Beer festivals is the only other place that oh. I have actually experienced that because you get a little mm-hmm. taster glass and then you're like yeah. going, but they have like yeah. the water rinsing stations. But I mean, you that's the only <laughs> Here's way you can do that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's a case of tasters. Yeah. That's a good point, and yeah, that's I'll make an exception for that to reuse a glass. And then I think to that point, like at home, if you're oh, yeah. pouring at home, like. You're going to use the same yeah. glass, probably. I mean, just I just gonna... reuse my glass exactly. and just rinse it out. <laughs> yeah. Got a new one. Just give it a quick yeah. rinse. Got it out, rinse it out, pour the beer back in it. But yeah, if you're... The problem is when you're like pouring from those communal sources, that's when you want to have clean stuff only go into that and not dirty stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a that's a big one there. I think reusing glasses would be a red flag and dirty glasses, like if they're really dirty, yeah, red flag. But if it's maybe kind of dirty, like not spotless... Yellow flag. Yellow flag. If the beer tastes bad, then yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
the next one they had on this list uh, that was upvoted was not having any classic styles on the menu, which I think that one can go either way. It depends. It kind of depends what you're looking for. If it's a if it's a brewery that maybe specializes in one certain style or like you know they're known for their IPAs or something like that. It'd be nice to have some variation and stuff on there. Yeah. I think probably the biggest red flag for me is if a brewery has like a ton of different styles on their menu. Yeah. And none of them are really like kind of classic ones. They're all like crazy stuff like, oh, we got a blueberry pop tart uh, (laughs) saison, you know, and then like this and they have like 50 things like that. Yeah. But they don't have like a, oh, here's a German lager or here's an, uh, something or other. Yeah. And I, I kind of had to read into that post a little bit because the use of the word like classic styles, I was like, you know, what does that really imply? But it makes sense to think of, you know, a lot of lagers, a lot of cleaner beers that are typically no fuss. Because, yeah, like, again, we've mentioned this. If, if a lager is produced really well, if they have a really nice Pilsner or Kolsch, something like that on tap, um, then you know, like, hey, they can do the fundamentals well. Like, they yeah. brew, they it's sanitize all the well. Fundamentals. <laughs> yeah, fundamentals. <laughs> You're working in fundamentals. Yeah, so that's, I think, I don't, yeah, like you said, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if they don't have a ton of those available. But, yeah, if they're trying to do too much, but they're avoiding, you know, those styles, maybe there's a red flag there that they don't feel confident in producing a lager on tap. Yeah. Um, that they're... That tastes good. That'll be clean and, you know, free of off flavors and whatnot. whatnot. You can't hide behind a Mm -hmm. bunch of sugar adjuncts and, you know, fruit or sourness to kind of mask any other alarming off flavors. So, yeah, because unless I know it's a good brewery, like walking in and seeing like just a ton of eclectic stuff on the menu makes me wonder are they going to be able to pull this off? You know, it's like if you go to a restaurant and the restaurant has a 50-page menu. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you're like, how can you do any of these things well? I challenge that. <laughs> Have you ever been to the Cheesecake Factory? Okay, but that's a, <laughs> that's a chain with, like, quality Joseph. standards. Have you ever been there, Joe? I'm just <laughs> saying, Have you ever been to the Cheesecake <laughs> yeah. Factory? There's literally probably 15, 20 pages. Oh, I know. There are. The menu's menu. huge. But that's a little bit of a different story. Just saying. Um, oh, that's funny. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Counterpoint. Are you sure <laughs> about that? Are you sure about that? Uh, um, yeah. yeah. A busy menu is kind of alarming, I think, and not having just, yeah, your your classic staples. And even, like, any more state, you know, classic could mean IPA because IPAs are... Yeah, like an American popular. IPA or a West Coast IPA. Yeah. Which kind of leads into the next one, which <laughs> the next red flag is if they only have IPAs, which seen a couple that you know yeah haze boys it's cold ipas hazy ipas double ipas or imperials whatever you want to call them and 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 then they throw in something at the end like a stout or a a sour or something like that or i think to me the red flag is if it's sours and ipas only Mm. i'm like you know where's where your dark beers where your lagers there's something in there to kind of give people an option i've been really into lagers lately i don't know if it's just I'm getting older and I'm kind of, you know, lumberjacks. You like lumberjacks? Yeah. Loggers. Log- <laughs> I love, you know, Paul be- Bunyan. I'm in a real Paul Bunyan craze here lately. I, guess I love beavers, but <laughs> you know, they, they're, they use logs to make dams and everything, but, uh, cheese logs, cheese angry logs. beavers. Remember that cartoon? 
Which Did one? you watch that? The Angry yeah. Beavers? Oh, Angry Beavers, yeah. They always wanted to get cheese logs. Cheese <laughs> Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I, I think... To me, to say they have all IPAs or like all of one style is is a bit alarming to me because unless you're someone like we just mentioned Duck Rabbit, who's mm, the, the dark, dark beer, beer specialist, specialist, like they're branded that way, so you know what you're getting yourself into when you go there. Um, and they will throw in an IPA occasionally. They did a nice Hellas in the mm-hmm. last year or so. I think Vienna Lager. last summer Vienna Lager they throw in. Um, so they they do have some variety there outside of their normal flagships but typically they're doing you know baltic porters imperial stouts they got a Meritzen now for mm-hmm. um this time of year which is not necessarily dark beer so they do those beers and they do them pretty well outside of their normal repertoire so yeah and i think that's the key as long as they're doing the alternative style or the varying style well um i think it's nice to have a different style but hey if you're doing ipas and you're doing them great Stick with that. And if you yep. have to bring in like a guest tap of like a stout, if that's not like your specialty or a lager, like any of those things, then you can bring in a guest tap if that's not what your like specialty is. Yeah. And that has kind of made me think about it. I hadn't thought about it before, but I would almost put Hot Fly in that category of most of their brews tend to be either IPAs or some kind of sour, sour like a sour yeah. ale, or they do their like blenders and things. Yeah. But they will make lagers. They make good pilsners, like Crunch Time Lager is a good one. They do some good dark beers too, some some different yeah. styles. But it's definitely, in terms of their menu, it's you know less quantity compared to all the IPAs that they can and have on uh, on draft. But but they do the IPAs well. Yeah. And they do their sours well, so that's kind of their little groove and then they will have available styles of those other yeah. um, classics that you know that way if it's more more of their clientele people come in they have more options for people that maybe not not big fans of ipas but yeah i think you have to basically like lauren said do if you're going to prioritize those styles do them well but also be able to produce um a good lager or a good yeah. classic style that shows you you know you're not just a one-trick pony yeah i think this one this point to me is more saying like avoiding the hype you know are they going to make beer because they make good beer or are they just making what's what's popular popular Mm, right now and we only serve what's popular i mean you got to serve what sells but yeah you know if you're only focusing on that stuff then that's a little bit of a red flag that would yeah that would be a red flag to me just trying to be trendy yeah. So trendy. Yeah. If things change from year to year, as they're like, oh, this is this is what they're known for this year, and like, oh, well, I thought they were known for like stouts. Like, yeah. What, why? Why the change? Yeah. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. if Duck Rabbit tomorrow decided like, oh, well, <laughs> Haze bro, yeah, people aren't drinking Imperial Stouts anymore. Let's start making hazy IPAs. <laughs> like, like, what are you huh? doing? They're gonna release a flat brim hat. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> oh man. Well, that brings us into our next one. Not really. It doesn't segue. That was the only thing segue I had. But uh, the next one here is not paying attention to customers. How often have you gone to a brewery, you belly up to the bar, you try to order a beer, and you just can't get anyone's attention? Oh. Or yep. or the you know the beer tenders back there, and they're doing their own thing, and like you know that they know you're there, but they're just like, I'm going to finish you know, rinsing out this glass and just not even look at you or say hello or anything like that. Yeah. That's pretty brutal. Or you're like sitting at the bar and people come up behind you. They get served. People come in to the door 
they get served and you're yeah. still sitting at the bar with an empty glass. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's that inability to manage. <laughs> <It's> awkward. <laughs> your, yeah. 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 Well, it's the worst. It's like that does. That is a big red flag for me. Not so much the brewery, but for the, the staff. But like yeah. when they can't serve people based off of like who was there first and they only go to like say they're only serving people to their left and then new people walk up to the left and then they only just keep yeah. serving that side even though the other people had been there for you know way longer um that did happen to us yesterday a little bit oh really? we, we yeah. got up to the bar sat there with our empty glasses and there was one person over there that they were already helping but then people were coming up behind them and they just kind of only served Stayed them to that one side yeah. and we we're like hey we're here and then of course one of the people was like Oh, what is this style? Can I taste it? Oh, I really taste this. So and blah, blah, blah. Can I forever. have that? Yeah. And going on and on. And you're like, okay, I just, I know what I want. Like, yeah. I'm sitting right at the bar. Like, you could fill it up while you're talking to this person. Um, but yeah. That's, that's more like business management. And you're going to lose the ability to upsell. And I mean, if we wanted to just leave, we they could have missed out mm-hmm. on another mm-hmm. full pour and I got a half pour. We could have just been like, all right, yeah. check, check us out Peace. now. Like, We had yeah. time for one more, but now you took too long, so yeah. we've got to bounce. Yeah. And I think that definitely does occur. I've had my experiences at breweries. I seem to notice that's happened to me more at like a bar. And that's, yeah. that's not to put any kind of negative remark on a bar. I think it's just because there's different drinks available. Sometimes they're like ordering food at the bar, and so there's just a lot more going on. And sometimes they're just, you know, the bartenders are short-staffed for the the clientele. I was actually at an airport bar uh, one time traveling and I was behind this lady at one end of the counter and she noticed that the bartender was kind of prioritizing the the other end. And so she's like, I'm going to go down there like, because she's going to serve me. Well, she goes down there and waits and then the lady comes over <laughs> to where we just were and she's like, oh, what can I get you? And I, I like, I looked down and I made eye contact with that woman. I was like, oh, she actually was here before me. If you want to go ahead and like get her and I think it kind of annoyed the bartender, like I was telling her what to do. Yeah. But I was like, I felt really unfair that like that I came you, after this lady. She went to move to like try to bump up her spot in and line, then, and then she got jumped. But, gosh, uh, yeah. I, I think that mechanism works if you do have like two ends of the bar and two servers, then like you kind of split it up that way. But if it's one person there, yeah, they've got to figure focus. out how to multitask. And I'm sure it's a tough job. Like I think I I try to you know empathize with their situation, trying to manage all that because it's a busy job and. I think as a client, you can do your part to be patient and just understanding. But there are times when it's oh clearly gosh. obvious that like they're not equipped to handle the the high you know volume of customers, or uh, they're just not paying attention, yeah. or they're busy like you know on their phone or talking. That to me is like if they're on your phone, it's yeah. really busy. Like you've got to set that aside and like wait until mm-hmm. there's a, a break in the flow of people coming to the bar that that statement about like the customer doing their part and being patient reminded me of like people that come up and then they're like excuse me even though they're clearly doing something else like helping somebody else it's like you just got up here and yeah. they're like excuse me and they're like waving their money or something at them oh, oh like yeah yeah. Yeah. Harder, like. yeah yeah and we've been at a brew before and the lady behind us was like um do you guys know what you want are, are you do you not go blah, blah, blah do you guys know what you want to order and like we're clearly in line the person in front of us is ordering and we're like waiting and yeah. she was just so anxious, anxious to get up there. Yeah. The brewery had a, like a clearly line. demarcated line, like order here. And yeah. it said, and, but she's like, yeah, you guys know what you want. Like she was trying to go past us. And I was like, yeah, we do, but we're waiting in line. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just like, be aware of your surroundings. Mm. Yeah. Come on, consumer. Goodness. Yeah. This I mean, one also, this wasn't on the list, but this, you know, I was talking about like the servers not paying attention or whatever. It brought me, brings me to another point of like, if they don't care about the beer, you know, I think Lauren mentioned something about them upselling and like tracking that. I think a, a good one is <laughs> if the brewer, you know, like, oh, what kind of beer is this? And they're like, I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah. yeah. Or like if they can't make a recommendation or something or if they just don't seem enthused about it at all. Yeah. We're fortunate here with our local places. I think people making educated decisions. Oh, a yeah. lot of the places have their servers and it's optional, but a lot of them have taken the Cicerone certified beer server exam. And so it gives you a good framework of for one, just how like how to operate your, your tap system, how to, you know, not really upsell beer, but like know what you're talking about, know styles, um, ask people what they like, and then make recommendations off of that. So yeah, I'm pretty fortunate here. Well, being able area. to make sales too, I think is important. And we've seen a good few good examples of that. Like, hey, can I get you something else? Instead of like waiting for the customer to approach, like, hey, you look like you enjoyed that. Right. You know, do you want do you want another one? Oh, I think you might like this or something like yeah. that. You know, some people don't want to be told recommendations, but I feel I think it's like. I'm more likely to be like, oh yeah. I mean, if you're if you're recommending that and you think it's good, yeah, sure, I'll go for it. Um, and plus, you just get people out and you get their money faster. So you think the business would be wanting to yeah. do that? <laughs> so I think to kind of sum up my thoughts on this point is, I I I will make concessions for breweries that are clearly busy and have a lot of people there, and so wait times are a little bit longer to like get what you're you know get to the counter to order. But you can also tell whether it's an issue of like staffing or just like the, the flow and the system they have is not really compatible with managing a lot of customers. Mm-hmm. Like, I, hate, I don't want to like throw anybody under the bus, but we went to Bramari Brewing Company, who's temporarily closed and may permanently close. <laughs> they had a day where it's just like it was a single file line out the door and it was like one person taking orders. It just was inefficient. And I feel like... Oh, well, if you're waiting in line over a half an hour to yeah. get a beer poured... You have to get right back in line yeah. to get to... Yeah. So, but then you go somewhere where it's like a large-scale brewery, and like it may just be you know a few minutes wait because there's a lot of people there, but they have the staff equipped, and they are efficient with getting orders. Like, here, order here, we'll pour... Like, I've been to some places. We went to uh, Sweetwater in mm. Georgia that one time, like... You ordered here, and like there were people in the back that were just doing all the pouring, and then you would go pick up kind of like down on yeah. the counter. So it moves the queue faster, even when they're busy. And so, again, that comes from like a management perspective. It's not necessarily an implication on the quality of the beer, which no. is unfortunate. That like Bramari, I think, had good beer. They just were not equipped to deal with. Uh, no, customers. it just kind of makes the experience a lot worse if you're yeah. waiting in line forever, and then people are getting like you know irritated i thought i'm gonna be i can be pretty patient in line but yeah. other people you know start people freaking tested. out yeah. and yeah it's it's it kind of crazy it does kind of ruin the experience so in that regard it could be a red flag like i don't want to come somewhere where i'm not going to enjoy my time here yeah exactly so. um and then the last one i think from that article was talking about glassware so only using shaker pints for beer service uh you know i I don't know. I'm torn on this one. Do you, do you see it as a red flag? Are you like, ah, yeah, I don't necessarily view it as a red flag because to me, it may be just the simpler solution for them financially to not have to make decisions or have staff have to switch between classes. Mm -hmm. And because so many places use like plastic cups, which is in my mind, it's in the same vein. It's just a standard 
vessel to hold you know, the it's liquid. A classic pint cup, basically. So I do think it's nice when they do have specialized glassware for beers because it just perk. shows they took yeah. that extra yeah. touch and said, but I'm not going to be like, oh, they only use this. I'm not going to go here again if yeah. they only use shaker pints. I think especially, too, thinking about like how new is the brewery and the financial implications of getting various um, style glasses. Oh, I mean, you just have to maintain an inventory of, you know, X number of tulip glasses and this many of this. Mm-hmm. And when they break, you got to work, you know, more expensive. That's like, I can see that. I think eventually it'd be nice if every brewery kind of went to a trend of, you know, once they have the resources and whatnot to, to match their glasses to their style. Cause it just yeah. shows that they have that extra bit of care and finesse for it. But again, if you're doing high volume stuff and it's easier, I mean, it doesn't make, it makes a difference, but not that mm-hmm. big of a difference. <laughs> I will say, um, I appreciate that about local oak because sometimes too, um, I'm like, Oh, I want to, I want to drink out of a pub style glass. Oh, no. <laughs> that is that super cool. <laughs> and then or like a nice Pilsner glass yeah. or, you know, it, it does, it makes it's a difference. Like, okay. Yeah. And I think we've seen some trends where breweries will use like almost exclusively the like short stem tulip glasses because that's a that's a style glass that can work for a wide variety of beers and you know it works well for IPAs and sours. I mean, you don't typically see it with like a lager or anything like that. Yeah. But, um, to kind of help uh, improve the uh, the aroma and like the uh, initial stages of drinking the beer, it doesn't like I said it improves it a little bit, but not drastically enough to where I'm, like, I'm not going to come here because they only have shaker yeah. pints and they don't have the right glassware so I, I wouldn't say it's a red flag for me i think it's more like a it's a green flag if i see nice glassware at a brewery like, yeah these guys are you know taking the extra effort but i can understand on the flip side of that like why breweries don't often do that i um, do think that there is a direct correlation to the number of dirty glasses and only using shaker pints because they're like stacked and yeah, yeah. that's will stack yeah and then just like not being clean and oh other thing another red one that's not on here with <laughs> glassware yeah. frosty mugs oh yeah i think that was in the reddit thread there was like people asking oh, was, about yeah. like you know where people's thoughts on frosty glasses so interesting yeah those were the ones from the article what other ones have you guys been thinking of that are outside of this um, some red flags I have are when you have more guest taps than your own brewery taps. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's a really good one. Yeah. That is a big red flag. We went to a brewery um, out of this state, and um, I'm pretty sure they only had like two or three brews of their own. Yeah. Oh, one. One. It was, was only it one because one? they had okay. two, but one of them was gone. So it's like this isn't even this isn't even a brewery at this yeah. point. It's a tap room, yeah. you know, or like a you know it. Which it's is so fine. Call yourself a tap room. Like yes. don't claim you're exactly. a brewer, brewing company if you're not. Yeah, you're not doing the. <laughs> Here's brewery. another one. If you say you're a brewery, but you're not actually a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh yeah. You're just a restaurant. Uh, That's happened a few times. I've been like, oh, let's check out this new brewery. It's like, oh no, we we serve food here and you can get a cocktail oh, oh okay. interesting i don't know why i would have thought you would have brewed oh okay yeah yeah i think i do think the number of guest taps is yeah a, a straight line indicator to their confidence in their own beer in my mind it should be reserved exclusively for a style like you're just not brewing yeah which that again could be you could conceive that as a red flag but like let's say I know local for a while they would offer uh, you know like a guest cider or something like that or a guest seltzer because they wanted to have an option for people that didn't enjoy beer. They also have um, you know like wine for people. Yeah. Then they started making their own seltzers, which is kind of cool. 
So I can see that if you're like, hey, we're not going to bother trying to brew a cider or a seltzer. Yeah. Uh, something for, you know, people that don't do gluten. Maybe you have some kind of option there, like a gluten-free option. That's not something you're brewing in-house, but it should be primarily your brews if you are a brewery and not just a tap room. Yeah, for sure. Because you're selling your product. I mean, yeah, right. weird. Yeah. Make um, more money selling your own product versus, you know. Yeah. The overhead cost of you know procuring the beer from somebody else and then having to sell mm-hmm. it, you're not making as much uh, profit on that. Yeah, I think along the same vein as that is the if you ask for beers and they're like, oh, we're out of that, oh, we're out of that, oh, we're out of that, not having a current menu or like just not being able to stock their own beers. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're the one that always gets stuck with that, Nick. That like, me all the time. What was that one? We went to this one place and Wilmington, he, he, wasn't it? Like you ordered three different things. I think well, there was a like Carolina Ale House too. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of the restaurants oh, yeah. that happens too. I feel like. Well, yeah, but, uh, and there was a newer a brewery that had opened up at that point. I don't know if it's because they didn't have their, but you had ordered like three in yeah. a row, and the waitress kept coming back and being yeah, like, I don't "Have that." And we're like, "Well, what do you <laughs> have?" I like, wanted to say that that would help. Like, uh, this would not be. This is not her best day, yeah. so I re- refrained. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a good one. I think the guest app one. Uh, one of the ones that I was thinking about uh, was when you're like going to a brewery and it's you know like Friday evening or like Saturday evening. Most times on the weekend, I feel like I sort of like peak hours, and there's nobody there. That kind of sets off a little red flag in my mind. Like, why is nobody coming here? Like, is the beer not good or is the atmosphere not good? Like, there's something that's not drawing people here to it during peak hours. I've been proven wrong multiple occasions and some places just maybe have their own, their own peak hours. Yeah. Um, but I think it definitely sets something off in my head when I see that. Why is no one here? Yeah. There um, should be people here. Why is there not? <laughs> there's a, the exceptions will be if it's a local place that I know, like, oh, I, I've been here when it's really busy and like, you know, today's just a slow night or something. Or it's just um, not a super populated area yeah. or something. Well, we went to, Jen and I went to Local Oak in the last week or so, and uh, it was a Thursday, and, like, we, we knew people were coming, uh, you know, some people from the hospital were doing, like, a, a meetup from mm-hmm. one of the units, but we got there, the parking lot was, like, empty, the street had, like, barely any cars, and I was like, are they closed? Because, <laughs> like, even on Thursday, Local Oak, to me, is always pretty busy, yeah. especially in the warm months. We walk inside, there's, like, two people in there, like, two people outside, and I was like, oh, this is really weird. But then, sure enough, like, seven o'clock rolls around and like Loads 20 in. people roll in. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So like I knew, I knew that local Oak is a place that like maybe during the week is not as busy, but they still have a lot of regulars. So I wasn't too concerned, but if I'm going to a new brewery on a Saturday, I expect there to be a decent amount of people there. Oh um, yeah. As long as you don't go like at noon yeah. right when they open. And, uh, yeah. We were talking about <laughs> that too. But, you know. And places do typically have, you know, more business kind of in the evening time. A lot of people aren't trying to go, First thing on a Saturday to start drinking, but uh, unless you're you guys, just kidding. Uh, Thursday, Saturday. No, yeah, and even like a Sunday is kind of hit or miss because Sundays people are doing other things, you know, getting ready for the week, cleaning, shopping, going to church, whatever, and yeah. maybe not prioritizing going to a brewery. But um, that one just to me is like a minor red flag. Uh, but I'll I'll still give them a chance. I'm not gonna leave if I walk in. There's not a soul in the yeah. brewery. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Food, water, atmosphere. <laughs> What's the theme? Underwater. <laughs> um, yeah, I think another one for me is 
I think Elsie shares the sentiment as well. When they spend a lot of time advertising non-beer related things, you know, if they're like focusing every night posting about, oh, we've got this wine or we're wine special tonight. But then you like look on their social media or whatever they use to to market and they don't like have anything about their beer. You're like, okay, why are we having to focus on these other things so much? versus yeah. our own beer. If if our beer was that good, like we wouldn't have to f- focus on getting other tr- non-beer drinkers in here. Oh yeah. And I understand somewhat like okay, you're taking into account like your consumers and your customers, but that is going in the far extreme. Like you don't need to have four or five different wine focused things like a week or every other week mm-hmm. and that's yeah. just like I mean, you can have wine events every once in a while to yeah. engage those on your drink. But if you're yeah. like part of your routine is promoting beverages that you don't make and that yeah. aren't part of your brewery. That, that is, yeah. The yeah, big thing is like you're you're a brewery making your own beer and you're trying to like upsell your the wine that you're buying that you're not making. Um, you know, like Driver Street Bottle Shop, they're, you know, they're a bottle shop. So they have beer wine mm-hmm. you know sake things like that and so if they have a wine night or they have like a mimosa sunday that's totally reasonable to expect at a place like that because it's not a brewery they're, yeah they're, a bottle <laughs> shop. Like they're selling the various different products it's not products they're making they're just yeah. a distributor of um you know different wines and beers and um seltzers and things like that and so switching up their event focus is not unreasonable versus a brewery kind of prioritizing a lot of non beer related events is interesting and then not like promoting their beer yeah totally acceptable i think to have wine available and have seltzers and ciders that you're not making but that shouldn't be the way that you bring in customers Mm -mm. um like primarily so that's a good one um the other one that i mentioned I, i don't see this a ton but when i do see it is a little bit alarming is how people pour beers <laughs> yes. and this, this, this could be, you know, a system issue with, you know, they're, they don't know how to care for kegs or tap lines. Um, if they're, if their tap system is not up to snuff and, you know, they have issues with pressure or temperature and it's creating a really foamy beer for one, you're just, you're having to waste a lot of beer. If you're like mm-hmm. dumping it, I see people like pour, dump off the foam. foam yeah. That pouring. one drives me nuts. I'm that like, one's a big so much red beer, flag but... to me. Cause it's something wrong with their draft line system. You yeah. know, it's a, uh, if they're pouring out like three glasses of foam to one glass of beer, yeah. there's some issue going on there. And I, and I saw, I was kind of perusing that Reddit thread some more and somebody actually brought up something similar, but, they kind of mentioned like, oh, I you know I worked at a brewery or a tap room before, and we were instructed to just do that versus like try to fix the draft system because time is money, and so it's like I can more quickly just dump out this beer, but it's like yeah, but then you're losing profit by dumping all that beer. Yeah, out your that, keg yield is so much lower. Um, or people will say like you know they just need to let a little bit of that excess gas escape first, like open it up, let it escape some of that extra, extra gas and then pour. And you're still going to have some foam and foam's okay. Like I don't mind a little bit of head. I actually prefer to have some head yeah, when I start yeah. getting a beer, but yeah, not addressing that is kind of a red flag to me. Uh, I think worse than that though, is when they submerge the uh, whole the thing tap it. valve, like under the beer as they're pouring it. I'm like, I don't know how clean your spout is on your, 
Ugh. draft wine no like, and that's only specialized in my class I'm yeah. drinking <laughs> yeah if you're seeing that happen that should only be with specialized tap systems yeah. that are made for that not like just your run of the mill like you're like a beer side tap. pour or something like that yeah. where they like had the long spouts and they cause you're just you're pouring underneath the foam like that's a well, yeah, that and that's the thing if you're not keeping those clean you know beer is just a breeding ground for bacteria and stuff with sugar and all that so as it dries it when it gets crusty but then it also gets crusty. all gross yeah, so I, I don't like seeing that, and so dunking it right in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like your little spout just not just dumping yeah. beer; it's dumping all this uh, bacteria and gross stuff in there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just think yeah, lack of awareness of proper pouring technique is a big one. But again, it doesn't always mean the beer is bad. It just means that maybe they're not getting ample training um, how to you know pour pour a beer properly or how to like tend to draft line issues. Yeah. So. Yeah. Then I think another thing is kind of my last one here for this is if the beer has a lot of off flavors that are related to improper storage or handling at the brewery, you know, right? Because you, you worry about breweries worry about getting their products to consumers without being tainted by a lot of the external factors that can cause those off flavors for beers. But if you're at the site of the brewery and you're getting things like you know, line staining or signs of a bacterial infection in the line and your beer just has an off flavor or, you yeah. know, you know, like you see them doing things that are like not good line keeping practices. You're like, this is where you make it. This is where it should be the freshest and the best. Like right. if you're not dedicating the time to make sure that beer is coming out perfect, then we got an issue there. Yeah. Well, those I think are some good red flags. Uh, maybe we'll have to talk about green flags <laughs> next time. I was supposed uh, to say, not on this episode. Let's, talk about Let's flags. have a six-hour episode on things that we like in breweries. Stay tuned. Um, but yeah, I think that's good. If you have some red flags that you think of, let us know. But uh, before we wrap up the episode, you know what time it is. Time for LC's Pick of the Week. Yeah. LC's Pick of the Week. LC's Pick yeah, of the Week. So I need somebody's assistance. Uh, Here, I'll take the baby. Okay. All right, um... Assume the position, Owen, we're doing Elsie's Pick of the Week. Owen, what are your thoughts on this? We're doing beer? Mom's Pick of the Week. Say something. You can't talk. Don't grab onto that. It makes loud noises. I must have that cord. Give me the podcast mic. I've got opinions. Oh, shoot. My eyes were open. Now they're closed again. Want me to take them back? Sure. Give me a book. All right, Elsie has given us our beers. Interesting is what I'm going to say off the bat. Getting some grassy, like, vegetal hop aromas. Mm Mm-hmm. Almost like maybe some, like, earthy, florally kind of hops. Hmm. Oh, wow. That's a good drink. That is interesting. Wow. Is it, like, peppery? Yeah. What in tarnation is this? It's like a... It's like a habanero pepper or something. Because I don't get any spice. Mm-mm. It's purely in the... or It's purely in the flavor. Yeah, I mean, we've had some, like, jalapeno pale ales where you do get some of the capsaicin and that heat, but... This yeah, this, I like can see what you're saying about pepper, kick. though. It's got, like, that bitterish kind of a pepper flavor to it. Like, you're buying mm. green pepper or something. Okay. Took a peek. It's 
pretty pale, straw-like. We got a lot of head in my glass, but it's also a <laughs> tall glass. So. Pilsner glass. Yeah, it'll do. It, I was able to smell it pretty effectively, but like a dull straw color. Um, but like thick foam, like it is chewy looking. It's like sticking and clinging all over my glass. Yeah. Huh. Really tenacious. This is bamboozling me. The peppery, I don't know if that's just the hops. Yeah, definitely like very vegetal, very, I don't know, say like, it's a little grassy and dank too. Not like overly dank, but it has a lean towards being, you know, it's like grassy and earthy. Yeah. I think that, and that's the overwhelming thing. I almost wonder if it's like a very hoppy lager. I could see it either way. Because I don't get, all I that get is hops and everything. And the color is very pale. It could be yeah, some kind of. Everything else is very subdued. There's not like malt. There's not like fruity ale type esters to it that I'm picking up really. Unless that's kind of what's mixing with the hop flavor that's giving it some of yeah. these. But it's We've mainly, had some hoppy lagers recently. I could see that. Yeah, It's mainly just like clean beer with an extreme hop, dry hop flavors. Elsie, what you looking at? What am I looking at? You're making a face. I, oh, that was not in reference to you. I was just looking at our child. Sure. <laughs> so you got this beautiful boy. Beautiful yeah, baby boy. Baby I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm so torn on whether I want to guess that it's an IPA. But I yeah, I think it's, it's so clean otherwise that it could be... I don't know if it'd be an IPL, but I think it could be like just a, a hopped lager. I, just, I wish I could guess which hop or hops. I don't know which ones contribute that, like, saws. Peppery. Ooh, saws. Schnozberries. Right. Should we lock in the. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to say. I'm going to say Hoppy Lager. It's kind of a bold move, I think. So this is um, Future Fuel. It's an American pale ale. Mm. Um, Damn. Brewed with whole cone mosaic and Idaho gem hops. Well. Mosaic and Idaho Gem. Yeah, so this was um, a collab, actually. Uh, it's the Craft Beer, or Cape Fear Craft Beer Alliance collaboration. So it's Waterline Brewing Co. Bless you, Bob. Bless you. Carolina Malt House. Huh. Interesting. We were way off. Mainly, yeah, I think it's because, well, because I'm not getting any, like, malt flavor. Are you? No, it's pretty. It's a, it's a pretty clean malt bill, and then it just has such a punch of that hop explosion. Yeah, and I just looked up Idaho Gem hops. Interesting note here is that they're described as imparting candy-like red berry and cherry notes. Really with dank floral and citrus characteristics. I don't get that. Out of those, I got some dank and floral. That's about it. I didn't get any really. Yeah, it's interesting. I was peppery. How old is that? It was brewed, or it was canned in March. It was just brewed this year. Okay, so not that old. A couple no. of months old. Yeah. Three, five, five months old. I picked it up at, hmm. you know, uh, our friends at Jarvis. Jarvis Street, Street Bottle Shop. Shout out Jarvis. Um, yeah, and, and Mosaic is also a lot of fruit and citrus characteristics, but this was so vegetal and grassy and yeah, like, earthy. Yeah, I, I wonder was, if it's just the way that it was imparted. Yeah. Like, I didn't get any, like, 
sweet candy notes, but no, and it wasn't as balanced as a pale ale. I usually think about. So, what does the um, specification about whole cone mean? That they use the not pellets. Yeah, not pellets. So, do you think that affects the flavor profile? Mm-hmm. I don't think unless it was like dry, like fresh hops, but it probably yeah. was just dried whole cone. Yeah, kind of like what uh, Sierra Nevada does, where they're mm. like kind of dried and flaky. But I don't know. That's interesting. Um, it's it's an interesting idea, actually. Like pellets versus whole I mean, cone. I mean, the whole cone maybe giving some more of that vegetal appearance or ve- appearance, ve- <laughs> vegetal like flavor. You know, has a really dank mouthfeel. <laughs> <laughs> Such a dink. I'm trying to see if they've got anything. Yeah, that one perplex- Maybe perplexed me a little bit. Yeah, but you got us on that one. But that was from Waterline, you said, right? Yes. Uh, oh, cool. Waterline's been really churning out a bunch of product. I'm really impressed with them. They've been on draft here at some of our local spots. I've seen their cans at like Jarvis Street and other locations, but yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, well, good, good, uh, good job something us, Elsie. You're welcome. Good episode. Like I said before, if you guys are interested in giving us your thoughts on brewery red flags, if there's something that we didn't, you know, didn't say for you, that's a red flag for you. Or if you disagree with any of the things we said, we'd like to hear about it. We want to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fight. Let's fight. <laughs> and you can reach out to us to let us know your opinions by uh, hitting us up on Instagram at East Carolina Beer. Facebook, East Carolina Beer and Brewing. No, I don't even going to mention X anymore. Twitter. We're actually on threads as well, East Carolina Beer. Um, And then always, you can hit us up an email, eastcarolinabeer at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 64 of Secondary Fermentation. Have a great week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.